0: Good evening, everyone. (laughs) Thank you, my good brother. How are you? Welcome to the Saturday evening presentation. This is, I believe, our 16th of the series, and of course, we're ending this time next week. So, time is moving rather quickly. I'm so delighted for those of you who've been coming and coming and coming, and for those of you who have made efforts, concentrated efforts, to invite your friends. It is important that you bring someone to hear that which has been a blessing to you so continue to do that and the the way to do it is to pray first so lord i want sally or john to come to the meetings please touch their hearts that they may accept my invitation then invite that person you may be surprised you may be just surprised all those of you with us for the first time May I see your hands first time? Ah, bless you, bless you. From my heart, God bless you. All right, God bless you. Thank you so much. I am sure that God will bless you for your presence here tonight. Let us bow our heads and pray. Our Father and our God, I come to you as your son and your servant. And I ask you, Father, Father, because I have no one else to ask please take possession of my mind put your words literally in my tongue. give me the thoughts and the right order in which to express these thoughts open wide the minds of your sons and daughters who have come that truth may be an unbroken train chain from your throne to our hearts I offer this prayer from my heart, in Jesus' name, amen. Our subject for this evening, a king in the gutter is still a king. You've heard it said, a pig in a palace is still a pig. And that's true. Our subject is, a king in the gutter is still a king who is your favorite bible character just shout it out who joseph who else daniel this side joshua middle side middle eye jesus all right come on say amen for jesus we love joshua daniel joseph but we rarely worship jesus anyone in the balcony who's your favorite bible character who noah esther Job, the little captive maid it's good to have bible heroes whom we admire it is good we admire too many secular heroes it's good to admire heroes whose lives exert a transforming influence upon us but there is a danger of treating the bible characters as pieces of art hanging on the walls of a museum. In other words, we go through the Bible and we see Daniel hanging on one page and we say, oh my, what a faithful man. He was willing to face lions rather than uh, compromise his faith. Nice man, nice man. We walk away, we turn, we see Jonah. We say oh my oh my i wonder what it was like to be in the belly of a whale why did he have to go through all of that he could have obeyed god in the first place then we see john the baptist how ah, we admire him but i wouldn't dress like him <laughs> or eat as he did and we look at these characters we look at paul what a mighty preacher raising up all those churches all the afflictions he endured and we stroll Through the museum of the Bible, we admire these characters. Noah, preaching for 120 years, and the only people responding and left alive were his family members. And then we close the book, we exit the museum, and we leave. Tonight, I want you to understand that this is not a museum with works of art to be admired. This is filled with examples to be copied Amen. go with me to james chapter 5 james chapter 5 who was james's brother jesus this is not the james and john this is the brother of jesus what other brother of jesus wrote a book in the bible jude where is jude found just before revelation There's one bright youngster giving me all the answers to my left up front here. All right, blessings on you. uh, James chapter 5, verse 17. And I told you sometime last week, some Bible scholars refer to James as the Proverbs of the New Testament. The Bible says, this is James writing, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. What does that mean? Elijah have the nature you and I have. Elijah have the natural weaknesses of the flesh that you and I possess as we sit right now. Elijah was susceptible to temptations. He had his weaknesses. He needed to depend upon God. James says Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. James is saying, here's a man with a fleshly nature, a carnal nature, born in sin. And this man prays earnestly. He doesn't just pray, he prays earnestly. Let me digress as I normally do. We must learn to pray earnestly. Too many of our prayers are like we're in a chat room with God. And we abbreviate everything T-T-Y-L, which is talk to you later, and uh, L-O-L, you know, or whatever the abbreviations are. But that's not praying. We must learn to pray so earnestly, we lose all consciousness of where we are. When we open our eyes, we must be surprised. Is this where I knelt at the beginning? Earnestly. The Bible says, this man with the fallen nature prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. What was James saying? James was simply saying this. What God did through Elijah was not exclusive to Elijah. The power of God does not discriminate. It is exercised, it is showered, it is poured out upon those who come to God in faith and who pray earnestly. When was the last time you prayed and cried? When was the last time you confessed the sin you committed and you just cried? God is tired of these casual prayers. He wants, he wants. Earnest prayers, as though our very lives depend upon His answer. I was in Bangladesh in February, at one of our schools, and this lady came onto the campus to the principal. She wanted her child admitted because we run a very nice school in that part of the country, and the community knows the school is well recognized, so they try to get their children in. And I was sitting at the home of the principal, having a nice breakfast, and the woman came. The culture is such that you don't have to make an appointment. You just come. So she showed up. I was shocked. I said to the principal, people just walk into your house like that. He said, yes. Walked into his house and started asking him, please admit my child. And he was trying to explain it's not. And she got down on her knees. And I'm sitting right there at the breakfast table. And she's pleading and she's crying. And she she takes the part that goes over here. She wipes her eyes and she holds his feet. And he's trying to explain to her that what i'm saying is she was in earnest we must learn to grab the feet of god and pray and like jacob do not let go until god blesses you and so james says look this man elijah had a nature just like you and i possess this is what god did for him shut up the heavens that it did not rain reopen the heavens that it rained James is saying look you pray and God may do for you or exercise the same power he exercised on behalf of Elijah I want you to turn to Genesis and look at a life a king in the gutter is still a king Genesis 39 we shall look at the life of a young man and there are young men all over this place and young women when i talk about young men i want the older men to listen and the older women to listen a young man you know some young people think religion is for old people no because heaven is not just for old people nor is hell just for young people are you with me heaven is for everyone who wants to go there hell is for everyone who wants to go there by the way, let me digress again, then I'll come back to Genesis 39. Do you know when God made hell, he did not have you in mind? I might, have, I might have said that before. The Bible says in Matthew 25, 41, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. And then that was it. Period. How come so many of us will go there? You know, God is good. Can you say amen? When he came up with hell as punishment for sin... He prepared it for the devil and his angels not you not me it will be sad when God looks at so many human beings in hell with the devil and his angels what that will mean as I close my digression if you and I well let's not say that those who end up in hell since they will receive essentially the same punishment it will mean that in their lives they were no different from devils because you're receiving the punishment originally intended for devils did you understand what i just said genesis 39 reading from verse 1 let's look at the life of a young man his name is what joseph fine young man His family had 13 children, 12 boys, one girl. The girl was Dinah. Joseph was number 12 in the list. The last boy was whom? Benjamin. Genesis 39, reading from verse 1, the Bible says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down thither. Verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. And he was a prosperous man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. And all that he had, he put into his hand. Verse 5. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had to Joseph's hand and he knew not aught he had save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. Let's review that. Joseph enters Egypt as a what? A slave. Now if anyone has an excuse to lie down and die, it was Joseph. Human beings love excuses. I am having a miserable life because my brothers treated me badly. I am not succeeded in life because there was racial discrimination on the job. And I can't get this done because... My cousin hit me over the head with a baseball bat. All kinds of reasons we have. But when a man or a woman walks with God, all reasons must evaporate. Because if God has a position for you, no one can keep you out of it. And if God does not want you in a position, no power can put you there. And so Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Notice who bought him. Potiphar very high ranking influential member of the army an officer of Pharaoh captain of the guard Pharaoh's personal guard bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites which had brought him down thither first line of verse 2 gives us the clue to Joseph's success what does it say and the Lord was with Joseph question number one don't answer me is the Lord With us. As you sit where you sit and stand and I stand. Is the Lord right now. With you and with me. We must be able to say yes. Because there are no natures in vacuum. If the Lord is not with you. Someone else is with you. That's the way it works. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he, that slave, was a prosperous man. Why was he prosperous? The Lord was with him. Notice what God did for Joseph. And the Lord made what? All that he did. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, verse 3. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did. Not some. Do you know God's plan for us includes no failure whatsoever? How many of you have ever failed an exam? Can I see your hands? (laughs) I'll put both of mine. (laughs) Don't laugh at the preacher. (laughs) We've all experienced... Failure of some kind, including God. God has failed to attract people to His Son. Jesus failed to bring many people to His message. That's why He said, Most people will go to hell. I'm paraphrasing, few. Will go to heaven. But his failure is not because he has not tried. His failure is the result of people's determination to destroy themselves. Verse 3 of Genesis 39 says, And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hands. Let's go back to the beginning of verse 3. Notice, very significant statement. And his master saw, who was his master? Potiphar. What was Potiphar? An Egyptian. The Egyptians were not worshippers of Joseph's God. They were worshippers of the crocodile, the hyena, the hippopotamus, the hawk, the dog, the cat. The cobra. This pagan. This heathen man. Looked at the life of one of his many slaves. And he was impressed. There is a God with that young man. And it's none of my gods. Because my gods have never done that for me. There is another God with that young man and his master saw listen to me it is fine when church members say oh what a nice man you are when church members say what a fine lady you are when an unbeliever are you with me sees christ in you and acknowledges it then you know god is using your life to impact other people The unbeliever must see Christ in you. Even though the unbeliever may not know who Christ is. But when Christ lives in his people, the influence is so powerful that people must confess. There is something in you. Whether they call it Christ, they must recognize there is something in you I do not see in other people. His master saw that the Lord was in him your colleagues on the job who don't go to church what do they see in you people wherever I go to preach what do they see in me your husband what does he see in you your wife what does she see in you what do your professors see in your study habits What does your employer see in your work habits? Your friends. What do they see in us? His master, I say, according to scripture, saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand now, when the master saw that. Verse 4. The Bible says, And Joseph found grace in his sight. You know where that grace came from? You tell me. God. What that passage simply means is that God touched the heart of Pharaoh for Joseph's sake. When the Egyptians finally released the Israelites from slavery because God forced them after ten plagues, The Egyptians gave money to the Israelites. You have ever read that? Give them money and precious metals and possessions. Now, no slave master gives riches to escaping slaves. How did that happen? God touched the hearts of the Egyptians and told them, Give money to the Israelites. When God does that, you have no choice. The Egyptians said, okay, just give them money. (laughs) Exodus 3.21, God speaking to Moses. And it shall come to pass that i will give this people favor in the sight of the egyptians this people mean the israelites my people and it shall come to pass when ye go out ye shall not go out empty i will touch their hearts and they will give you money listen to me if you're having a difficult time with your employer with someone with anyone you are faithful to god you say god touch that person's heart in my favor you may be surprised to your delight god will touch that person's heart the person will act in your favor without even knowing that he or she did it. So verse 4 of Genesis 39 says, And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house. Why? Because he had seen the track record of Joseph's performance. God does not bless laziness god does not like sloppiness no christian has any right to be lazy and sloppy and careless no right it's a disgrace to god and god will not bless that christianity is more than hallelujah god is good christianity is let me do my duty faithfully if your job is to sweep this stage after you sweep it and someone comes by they may they may have to say who swept the stage who swept this place? Booker T. Washington, how many of you have heard of him? He wanted to go to school very badly. And he uh, ran off, hitched rides, walked almost 400 miles to Hampton Institute. When he got there to the school, he had no money. So he stood outside the classroom, looking through the window. Perhaps looking in a terrible condition, all ragged, clothes, hungry, unwashed, everything. Maybe 16, 17. He's looking at students learning and he l- wants to go to school. How many young people want to go to school that badly? You'll walk 400 miles today? They're buses, you won't catch them. <laughs> and Booker T is standing outside this classroom window and the teacher, a white lady, sees him. She comes to him naturally. What do you want? I, I want to go to school. Really? Yeah. She said, Okay, you have money? No. She said, Come. She took him to a classroom, unused. She said, dust this classroom, clean it. He has this in his autobiography. And she left. Booker T cleaned that room. He knew not why she said so. The woman came back with a handkerchief. I think it was probably white. <laughs> and she... Couldn't find dust. And she admitted him to school. That's how you work. That's the kind of work that impresses people who just, uh, suddenly they don't see your color, your height, your ethnic origin, your geographic location, your religious uh, bent. They see a quality that they want. And Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer in his house. And all that he had, how much? All that he had, he put into his hand. The slave. Not even an Egyptian slave, a Hebrew slave. And the Egyptians did not like the Hebrews. That's why when Joseph's brother came into Egypt, Joseph told him, Don't tell them that you keep sheep. Shave your heads. Don't tell them the Egyptians did not like the Hebrews. And this Hebrew slave now is in charge of the household of the captain of Pharaoh's personal bodyguard. Why? Because the Lord was with him, he was faithful. Now we know the story. Well, let's see how much Potiphar trusted this boy. Verse five and six. As we continue, a king and the gut is still a king. And it came to pass, verse five, Genesis thirty-nine, from the time that he made him overseer in his house. And over all that he had now, Potiphar's house comes under Joseph's control. And God's blessings that he was now pouring on Joseph began to affect all of Potiphar's house. From the time that he made him overseer of his house, in his house, and over all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptians' house. Why? For Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. The Bible never says Potiphar accepted Joseph's God. I told you yesterday or the day before, when you're righteous and God blesses you, those standing next to you get blessed as well, even if they're no good. Because God blesses righteous people so abundantly. It's like the monsoons of Southeast Asia just covers everything. And the blessing of the Lord, the Bible says, was upon all that Potiphar had in the house and in the field. verse 6, the Bible, when Potiphar saw this, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand and he knew not what he had. That's Potiphar. He trusted Joseph so completely he did not even know his wealth. The Bible says, and knew not what he had save the bread which he did eat. Potiphar only knew what he had when he was served breakfast, lunch and dinner. Everything else the person who knew was Joseph. So if you went to Potiphar, Potiphar, what are you worth? I don't know. Who knows? Ask Joseph. You mean that Hebrew slave? Yes. Now, That's how you and I must be trusted. The most trustworthy person on the job must be you. The most trustworthy student in the classroom must be you. Can anyone trust us that way? Don't answer me. Potiphar did not care about checking the books. He never did because joseph was in charge that is christian living we are not told anywhere in the record that joseph preached to potiphar by words but he certainly preached by the quality of his life now you know the story the wife tried to seduce joseph and what did joseph say give me one word one word no don't preach. When people bring you temptations, no. That's the longest sentence you need. No. When they bring you Christ, yes. You need to be baptized, yes. You need to keep the Sabbath, yes. Forget the arguments. Let's sin, no. Very often when Jesus performed miracles, he cried with a loud voice. <laughs> Lazarus, come forth, the Bible says. Let's cry with a loud voice now. Conscience, no. Let all of heaven hear it. Ring and echo. No. He told that woman, no. I mean, she didn't like that. But he said no and ran. You see, you got it. <laughs> Some people say no. <laughs> but you can't do that. No and take off. Come on, say amen. amen. No and run. When he did that, he he insulted the man's wife. Now, the husband is upset. He believes the wife, as husband should, generally. (laughs) And vice versa, wife should generally. Now, the husband puts him in prison, innocently. Let me tell you something. As a genuine Christian, prepare yourselves, and I'll prepare myself, to suffer innocently. Jesus felt it. We must feel it. Because how we respond is a revelation of the degree to which Jesus has been formed in us. There was no retaliation in Jesus Christ. Retaliation is not a Christ-like quality. You know, the times when I want a loud amen, I don't get them. Is there someone here who's trying to say by your silence, you believe retaliation is a godly quality? It is not. Vengeance belongs to God because he alone can read a heart. You and I can't. Verse 20, Genesis 39. As we continue, a king in a palace in a brother is still a king. The Bible says, And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound, and he was there in the prison. Verse 21. Sounds just at the beginning of verse 2. How does verse 2 begin? And how does verse 4 begin? No, verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight. Listen to verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now, Joseph is no longer in charge of Potiphar's house. Where is he now? In prison. Has God changed? Come on, talk to me. Has God changed? No. The God who was with him when he was high and mighty is with him in the prison. And we're about to see that the character Joseph had when he was high and mighty is the same character he preserves when he's low and abased. And so verse 21 says, But the Lord was with him and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Next verse. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand what? All the prisoners that were in the prison. And whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Now, does this sound similar to verse 4? Let's look at verse 4. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. That is exactly what the keeper of the prison did. When he saw what a faithful prisoner Joseph was, (laughs) he kept the curfew, kept his cell clean, didn't use curse words. Respected the other prisoners, obeyed all commands without discussion. When he saw the kind of prisoner Joseph was, the keeper of the prison did something that is not supposed to happen. He put a prisoner in charge of the prison. (laughs) Because God touched his heart. And when God touches someone's heart in your favor, that person will do things that look unreasonable. But God is controlling that person. A prisoner in charge of Rikers Island, or Alcatraz, or San Bernardino high security facility. Why? Because the Lord was with Joseph now he's in prison joseph remains faithful he remains hard-working he remains disciplined he remains prayerful he remains he retained all the qualities he had when he was high because who he was when he was high remains unchanged when he was low king in a palace king in a gutter your kingliness must not change christ in heaven was god am i right yes. christ on the cross was god am i right yes. yes when things go wrong with us do we change you know it's easy to be a christian when you have no problem i love jesus my rent is paid my school fees for the children are all covered my 401k is really producing turnover over my uh My house is fine it's not on a fault line my car you know i get some gas for a dollar gallon everything is fine i love jesus then you get fired why did god do that to me why pick me after all the tithe i've paid the children are not admitted to a architecture school medical school dental school manicure school (laughs) and you're upset with god then people begin to see a side of you they had never seen but that had always been there joseph remained constant god was with him when he was high god was with him when he was low because he did not change Verse 23. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. <laughs> Go to verse 6. Go to verse 6. And he left all that he had to Joseph's hand, and he knew not what he had save the bread which he did eat. Potiphar never checked on Joseph. Joseph goes to prison. He remains faithful. The keeper of the prison puts him in charge and never... Now, how do you not check on a prisoner? Character exerts power. This is a young man. Who said young people don't know how to live right? You see, we don't expect them to live right, and so they don't. God expects young people to be upright and faithful as Joseph was, as Jesus was when he was 17. The keeper of the prison never checked on him. And verse 23 ends, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. He prospered in Potiphar's house. He prospered in prison. Let's go to Acts chapter 7. To learn about Joseph, we go all the way to Acts chapter 7 to see how consistent God is and how consistent Joseph was. You see, our circumstances should not change us. Come on, say amen. Amen. Things work out, you love God, things don't work out, all of a sudden you hate God and everybody else. That's not the way we should live. There should be a consistency in our character that remains unchanged by surrounding circumstances. Because circumstances will pass. Acts chapter 7, verse 9. Stephen preaching full of the Holy Ghost. And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him. Isn't that familiar? Delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him what? Favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. How much of his house? Now let's go back to Potiphar's house. How much did Potiphar put in Joseph's hand? How much did the keeper of the prison put in Joseph's hand? How much did Pharaoh put in Joseph's hand? consistency because joseph was consistent god gave him favor in the sight of potiphar then joseph was imprisoned god gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison then joseph went all the way up and god gave him favor in the sight of pharaoh god is consistent that's why we can depend on god Beautiful picture of cooperation with heaven and earth. God didn't change. Joseph didn't change. Beautiful picture. God consistent. Joseph consistent. Why are we so wishy-washy? We must be consistent in our standards. Not only when people are watching, but when we think the cameras are turned off. You know why hidden camera reports work so well? Because people are one thing in public and something else in private. No hidden camera could work on Jesus. Because who he was in public, he was in private. That is the the point to which the power of God can bring a man or a woman. That the consistency of the upright life is public, private, high and low. This is the life God desires for you and for me. If we will allow God to be with us as he was with whom Joseph the Lord was with him my time is almost up I think let's look at another man see how God was with him let's go to Daniel chapter 6 I'm just throwing this in as a freebie you see Daniel 6 reading from verse 1 Daniel 6, reading from verse 1, the Bible says, and it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom a hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Here is the organizational flowchart. For the, the persian king or kingdom darius up here three presidents under him 120 princes and all the minor officials the 120 princes will report to the three presidents who would shield darius from any damage any political intrigue. verse three then this daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes how did daniel come to babylon and end up in persia as what a slave a captive his country was invaded by the Babylonians led by Nebuchadnezzar Daniel was taken against his will he's a captive he has remained faithful now he is one of three presidents high position right under the Darius or Darius the Bible says then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes why you tell me why it's in that verse three because an excellent spirit Listen listen to me. Here's a secret. Don't tell anyone. People prefer a right attitude with moderate ability than great ability with a nasty attitude. Because the man with the right attitude, he can be taught or she. The Bible says, then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princes because an excellent spirit was in him, not because he was white, black, green, blue. And the king sought to set him, or thought to set him over the whole realm. What did Potiphar do for Joseph? What did the keeper of the prison do for Joseph? What did Potiphar do for Joseph? Now Darius wants to do the same thing for Daniel. Listen to verse 4. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. What's going on? Give me one word. Jealousy. Jealousy. Give me another word. Smaller. Envy. Envy. Now, these are high officials. The Bible says, then the presidents and princes sought. They looked. They searched. They had access to all the classified files using your own system of downloading that worked back then. They sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, meaning his work, his professional life. But they could find what? None occasion, nor fault, for as much as he was faithful. Now you must think, think, please, use your... Prodigious intellects and think. We are talking about officials that are at the third level of power. Darius, three presidents, officials at the third and the second level. All of them combined, 122 men. Because there were three presidents, take out Daniel, two presidents, 120 princes, 122 high officials combined their talents, resources to bring down... One man. But that one man was a man of God. Now this goes on in corporations all over the world. People bringing down people. Politicians tried to bring down politicians. They tried to bring Daniel down. And so they sought to find occasions. Daniel 6, 4, against Daniel concerning the kingdom. They checked his work record. They checked his time card. See, when he punched in. When he punched out. Checked his reports. Were they nicely double spaced and typed? Looked at everything. Called those with whom Persia had business. What kind of an ambassador was Daniel? Are you satisfied? Everyone sent in an A plus report. Now these men are getting frustrated. Because nothing they do turns up one professional fault. Did you hear me? The Bible says they could find none occasion or fault. If your employer checked you, What will that person find? Not one fault in his profession. Now, but they could find none occasion or fault for as much as he was faithful. What does faithful mean? If Daniel had to be there at eight. He was there at eight. If he had an assignment, it was turned in on time. It was done at a level far higher than that required. He would come early and leave late. He was willing to work on Sunday. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Can you say amen? Yeah. The Bible says Sunday's a so work day. He was willing to work extra on Sunday for no pay. No need for time and a half. I'll just come, says Daniel. I have my... The the welfare of the kingdom is in my heart. They couldn't find nothing now. As verse 4 continues, Neither was there any error or fault. Finish it. Found in Him. Do you understand what the Bible is saying? Professionally. And personally, 122 figures in government in a nation searched a man's life professionally and personally and came up with nothing. Daniel was a man subject to like passions as we are. Let's not admire Daniel in a museum. They put Daniel in prison, like they put Joseph, for no good reason. He's in the lion's den. Let's go to verse 17 of Daniel 6. And we're coming to a close. The 122 princes and presidents schemed and dreamed up a plot. And they said, King, why don't you for 30 days say that no one should pray to anyone but you? The king said, fine, it flattered his ego, and he signed it. Now they had seen Daniel praying to his God. Because Daniel prayed with what open The window. When Daniel heard of the decree, he shut the window. No sir. (laughs) Never shut out your witness. He left the window open. He's not about to change how he relates to God. No decrees from pagans will determine his behavior. So he knelt down. He didn't open the door. He just left the same window open. Prayed three times a day. And they saw him. When the king realized he was trapped he was brokenhearted because he loved daniel as a person and the worker but he had to obey the law so daniel's in the, uh, in the lion's den verse 17. the bible says and a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den and the king signed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning daniel that's what a ceiling does what is sealed can be changed by the way revelation speaks of a sealing. When that seal is applied what it authorizes or validates cannot change we may talk about that if i think you can understand it and i can explain it verse 18 then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him he's thinking of daniel verse 19 then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake to Daniel and said, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Verse 20. Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. Let me digress again. O king, live how long? Was Daniel serious? What did he mean by forever? As long as you live. So when the Bible says the wicked shall burn forever, it simply means as long as they burn. Are you with me? Amen. That's another digression. Let me get back to Daniel chapter 6. Now verse 22. My God hath sent his angel. God will send angels on your behalf. Amen. And hath shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. Continue in that verse 22. For as much As innocency was found, before him, Innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Do you understand what Daniel is saying? Daniel says, I am innocent before God and before the earth. (laughs) Listen to me this man is innocent in the sight of heaven and earth this is the condition god desires for us innocent before god innocent before the earth without fault before the throne of god if you are without fault before god you're without fault before the earth they tried in verse 4 couldn't find fault with this profession Or his life. Now heaven can't find fault with his life. It's one thing for humans to check. Daniel can say, Inasmuch as before him, innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Daniel says, I am innocent before the universe, heaven and earth. My brothers, my sisters you and i must spend more time thinking of the life god desires that we should live i suspect that too many of us are satisfied with a decent life but there's not decency that saves us it is the very life of christ christ was innocent before heaven and earth even though he suffered As a sinner, he suffered God's wrath, but not for what he did, for what he took on. That's why he was a lamb without blemish, without spot. Listen to your brother in Christ. As God brought Joseph to the place where he lived an upright life, impressed Potiphar, impressed the keeper of the prison, impressed Pharaoh. God can so bring you to the place if you remain submitted and I remain that our lives will have a crushing impact. Dent the helmet of the hard-headedness of those who will not believe. And as Daniel could say, I was innocent before God. That was not pride. And before you, through Christ, you and I can be innocent without fault before the throne of grace now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy present your faultless this is God's wish for us and the power to live that life is available at no charge other than the giving up of our sins And so God says to you and to me this evening, my son, my daughter, whether you're high or low or in between, be consistent in your life. The theme of our lives must be the theme for Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. Genesis 39 verse 2. The Lord was with him. Genesis 39 verse 21 verse 23 act 7 verse 10. let us be a child of god regardless of circumstances a king or a prince which is what every son of god is a princess which is what every daughter of christ is must be a prince and a princess even if conditions take us to the economic gutter never the moral gutter the economic gutter, fine. The god of illness, fine. Never the moral gutter. We don't belong there. Morally, we must always be among the stars. How many of you will say, Lord, if Elijah was a man subject to like passions, you move mightily in his life joseph was subject to like passions you moved mightily in his life. daniel was subject to like passions you moved mightily in his life please god as i recommit my life to you move in my life and keep me faithful and constant and consistent if you will say that let me see that hand how many of you are serious stand up let me oh, bless you for the speed with which you stood let me pray let me pray that God will keep us faithful consistent every head bowed every eye closed please righteous father we thank you for the lives of Joseph and Daniel but above all the life of Jesus Christ Lord, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, forgive our sins. Forgive us for our inconsistency, our up and down quality of Christian living. Father, from this day forward, we want to be consistent. We want the theme and the refrain of our lives to be, the Lord is with me. Please help us to so live that before heaven and earth, we may be presented to you faultless. Fill us with your spirit. Grant us grace. And give us a mind that loves right and hates wrong. Loves righteousness, despises sin. Bless every man, woman, boy and girl, every family. Under the sound of your manservant's voice. I offer this prayer from my heart. In Jesus name and for his sake. Let all God's people say amen and amen. God bless you. We shall see you tomorrow night. Give me a chance to get to the door to shake your hands. Please don't sneak past me.